Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. This is Let's Talk Tribe, the official Let's Go Tribe podcast, episode 101. I am your host, Matt Lyons. And on this week's episode, we'll have a quick eulogy on the 2018 regular season. And most of the episode is going to be previewing the Astros, when they'll be playing, how you can watch them. Um, if some of the players are ready, if they're going to struggle, we'll look at the pitching matchups and our biggest concerns of the series. And we do have a couple of questions this week from some listeners. More Join like me the for last all that rows. Sure. As you could even wait for the uh, – you just had to get that out right away. That's Merritt Rolfing, my co-host, who's, who's very anxious to get that great pun out of the way. Yeah, you ever heard that one before? <laughs> the last throw. <laughs> I think they're like the second throws right now. Top throws. There you go. Woo-woo. They're really they finished. You know, they're really up in the um, astrosphere? No. Astrology? It's, no, no. Astronomy? That's, mm, no, no. Space? No. Whatever. <laughs> Well, then the the uh, the uh, astral. We'll go astrophere. I'm gonna go astrophere. I think there's the an astrophere astral plane, there. so they're technically dead according to Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> rules. Yeah, that's the only rules that matter, really. That's yes. That's what dictates baseball, Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. Everything's just a roll of the dice when you think about it. What is baseball but a series of wow, dice there. rolls? That was every deep. single at bat, and in fact, every pitch. <laughs> it's all probability, baby. <laughs> what is life but a series of Dice, dice roll. Yeah. Maybe like a black and white picture of you to like fade slowly with that text over it. I really hate those like baseball is a game of inches. Like especially when people say that's only baseball. That's really every game is a game I of mean, inches. I mean, I just think a game that really relies on measurement like football is actually a game of inches. Yeah, right. <laughs> like as the Browns realize when you're an inch away from, or when you have the first down by an inch and suddenly you don't and then it's fine. But whatever. And they actually I was reading today uh the NFL officials I'm a Raiders fan. The NFL officials. Oh, you are. I hate you. Together, two separate photos proving Carlos Hyde <laughs> was, in fact, behind the first up marker. Now, I had turned oh, the game off at that point because I was upset with the Raiders continuing to be shitty. <laughs> but then I saw they had tied the game. I was like, oh, I'll get back in on this. So I didn't actually see it live. <laughs> but. Wow. That's. Oh, I hate you. I don't think this is done now. We're done with this podcast. Thanks for listening. <laughs> I can't <laughs> Hey, the, so the, the Ruffs have to take the Raiders' side once every 50 years, and I think this is it, all right? <laughs> so something that wasn't a game of inches or a season of inches was the Indians absolutely destroying the AL Central. A because season of moments. Like, was it yeah. a season of, uh, I guess? Yeah. I guess you can count it that way. It's a season of moments in a sea of not caring because it was clear they were going to win. So what's your... Maybe that's it. It's just a season of moments. But what's your quick little eulogy on what we just witnessed in 2018 and what we've had to... I'm going to go ahead and say endure. The Indians won their division by more games than any other playoff team. Now, that doesn't... If you don't look any deeper than that, that's That's impressive. That's all we need to know. There's no contracts required. (laughs) You know, that's incredibly impressive. And I think we can just move on to that statement and forget about things. 
Um, I think that the 2018 season can be summed up with names like Alexi Ogando and Mark Zepchinski. No, wait, really? Yes. Oh, Mark, yeah. Mark Zepchinski. Forgot about that one. And Jeff Bellevue and Oliver Drake. <laughs> and is it George Contos? I never he, he was. Oh, yeah. George Contos. Pittsburgh Pirate, great George yeah, Contos. And um, these are the names that I will remember the most from the 2018 season because. Apparently, all we cared about was how trash the bullpen was, even as we watched two MVP candidates lay waste to baseball and um, a lot of other fun things. I don't know. It was a it was a fine season. It, it was an, I'll say this about this season. It wasn't exciting, which was nice in a way, because I didn't feel like I had to pay as much attention to it so I could do other things with my life. Yeah. This feels like a season where if I didn't have to pay attention to it for slightly a job, then I probably wouldn't have for huge chunks of the season. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is one of those years where I like watch a little bit and then just quit altogether and been like, all right, I'm good. I mean, it's again, there's it, it's amazing how just negative I felt about the whole season because of things that have happened that have just kind of gotten in the way of what we've all like just the whole expectation has been so frustrating all year. But like, I just noticed Lonnie Chisinau's name here. Um, and I just hate how he keeps on getting injured because you know we all still love Lonnie Chisenhall. I don't know what it is about that about that man, but he has he has all of Tribedom just by the heart or whatever, and he's good too. Is a frustrating part, I suppose. So I don't know, just things like that. Him, um, the entire Yandi thing that we kept on dealing with, things of that nature was really frustrating. Yeah, the Yandy thing was fun at first. It was a fun little haha. Let's get him in there, and then it was, it just slowly turned to anger as the season went on, yeah. and there was nothing else to really talk about. Talk about, and then it just got angrier and angrier. And why isn't he in there? I hate everything. Now, admittedly, I took a, like it's like in 2017. If you go back and look at the articles I wrote, I took a very close look throughout the year at um, uh, Mike Clevenger. I think I wrote about every single one of his starts in excruciating detail because I liked what I saw and it was fun to see it flourish in what's been this year. But I took it in a much more negative sense of Gandhi Diaz. It was rather the, the rather than a how great can he be, it's why aren't they playing him? And I think that was from my head with the whole Gandhi Diaz thing. Personally, you know, the way I was presenting it to my own self, but um yeah, it's, it's my fault too. I mean I, and, and really you look at his Season number. It was only what thirty nine games. Ah, I mean, he was he was okay. You know, one hundred and fifteen WRC plus. Ended up actually selecting over four hundred, which I'm impressed by, honestly, with his inability to hit the ball up. So, um, but hey, Michael Brantley's healthy all year. That's impressive. Jan Gomes was it a was a plus influence on the offense, and Edwin Encarnacion is not quite decrepified yet. So, thumbs up all around. Yeah, he's still mainly consistent. Yeah. And like you said, we got to watch two MVP candidates, even though one of them kind of died at the end. But Oof. we still got to watch them for a huge majority of the season. And it seems like so long ago that April was here and they couldn't hit and the bullpen was a total disaster. And that was a really low. That's probably like the lowest month of the last three years. No, just there because, was an April yeah. two years ago, I think, that was just dr- 2016. I think 2016's April was just horrific. And. No one was happy. Everyone was very pissed off about the entire situation. Like, I think Kluber was bad again or something. There was one of those Aprils there where Kluber was really bad and everyone else was bad and everything was bad. And they went and then, you know, going on a 14 game winning streak or whatever it was. 
really fixed everything. Let me look into this real quick. I'm curious now which of those terrible Aprils it was. But I think back then, even there wasn't the expectation they were supposed to be so good. Right. And like I think in 2016, remember? So there wasn't the there wasn't so much anger around why aren't they better? It was oh they're just bad again. So everybody was just upset in that way. But it, but this year it was all they're supposed to be great and they just keep popping up and the bullpen sucks and I hate everything. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. They were 10 and 11 in April, and really it was amazing how mediocre they were for whole stretches of of the year in in 2016. Outside of that 22 and 6 June, you know they were 16 and 14 in August and 16 and 11 in September. Um, they were you know slightly above average pretty much. Um, but that, that was the, that was the year that they were just kind of well below 500. They're kind of treading water. They got there, but yes, exactly. The, the lack of expectation uh, really made it a little bit better because this year was supposed to be the blow them out of the water year after 102 102 wins rather rather yet uh, last year, and they were what 15 and 12 going into May. So. And we're never much yeah. better than that in any single. I mean, August was nineteen and nine, but that's you know they were five hundred in September. Ugh. <sighs> it, is, it is hard to remember that we have to be excited for the fact that this is three years in a row where they're pretty darn good. I mean, they won ninety one games this year. They had twenty games over five hundred. I remember what was it like twenty fifteen? Maybe it was twenty sixteen where we could start to make the joke that they were finally three games over five hundred for the first time in forever. Right. And now they're twenty games over, and we don't even bat an eye. No, we're I just know. so used to them being. So I know, and I agree with you 100. Like it's it's amazing how many times just throughout the year I had to force myself to look for good things, you know? Because and that's the thing I think a lot of baseball, anyone who like writes about baseball or analyzes, they they naturally tack towards things that might be negative as opposed to a positive for whatever reason. I don't know. I mean, we like to write about amazing things, but like many times when we write about players, we're going to write about a good player, and if a good player isn't doing well, then that's remarkable, you know? Like yeah, you can write about the amazing things Mike Trout does. And I did a long, I did several different articles about different amazing things that Jose Ramirez was doing. But, you know, like I, I, I caught myself many times writing about Mike Clevenger's, you know, bad August or Carrasco's, you know, not being good or when Michael Brantley was in a huge slump after the All Star break. Like it's just, I don't know. It's, it's when there's an outlier of a number, I guess you just write about it. But, it, I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm worried it's coloring the way I write in general, and I you know, you try and avoid <laughs> these things because it, it's a, yeah. at the very base of it all, it's a fun game that we all watch and enjoy. And you don't want to just harp on the bad things because again, Greg Allen's fun. He's not good. He's not well. He's not great, but he's pretty good. He's fun, and I think I should have paid more attention to those things. I think there's a couple of different things I wish I'd written about more. I guess guys like Greg Allen or you know the the many my inability to make gifts really. Um, really, <laughs> rest- put a damper on. Really that. restricted my ability to, to write articles I wanted to write. My, my computer broke, so I've been using other computers. <laughs> I'm not going to make gifts. Has really restricted my writing ability. I guess this feels like one of those years where there's a lot of times where I think blogging and being able to be at a distance really helps. Like the 2016 kind of years, even like last year, but but this year where we knew so much of everything, where there wasn't like little hidden gems we could find as easily, mm-hmm. and it was nice to see like. Like places like the athletic having all those behind the scenes thing and the whole Mario Kart thing and like these are the kind of years where you just find the fun things. I think it's harder for us when we're all the way on the outside to do it. Right. Exactly. Than just like tracking down things on Twitter. And which... uh, and also too, it's like we we want to write about things that are interesting and new. And since the ent- this entire team is, a, I mean, at, after the tenth article about y- Yonder Alonso, like everything else, everyone else has been here since forever. And how many more times can you write about them? It's just. 
that's why we mentioned in the past, like how much, how it's almost more fun to root for the, to, to have a team be not as good because you get to write about, you know, this fun new gem that they found or the growth of this young player. Um, like when I write at beyond the box score many times throughout the year, I've written about, you know, okay players on bad teams because they could lift them up eventually. Well, once you've already kind of delved into the, the depths of everything Michael Brantley has done over the last five years, like what the, what else can I write about him? He's exactly the same all the time. Like he's not doing anything differently. I just want to grab like Brewers fans and Brew Crew's ball by the cheeks and do that Billy Madison cherish it thing. <laughs> cherish it's so fun right now, and nobody expected it. And I just want to mm-hmm. cherish it. Stay That's here. Pretty soon they're going to be as ornery as we are. Yes, just give it two years of winning. Yeah, exactly. And they're going to start staring. <laughs> and they're going to start realizing those contracts end way sooner than you think. Like it's I don't yeah. know. God, I feel like now we sound like old men. You hold on to these good times, youngins, <laughs> before it slips away. Back in my day in 2016 and when we were the young ones. <laughs> but the most important thing about this year is that they finished ahead of the Rays. Yeah, so yeah. the Rays could shut up about it already. Yeah, cram Cause, it, Because you know what, Rays? Maybe if you actually tried like before the season or at midseason and didn't torch your roster, you could have won, I don't know, five, six more games and maybe... Maybe maybe seven more games and gotten to the wild card eight more, instead eight, of you know just games. dumping everything to save money. I mean, really, if they tried and got like if they got players instead of just dumping players and just happening to happening happening to to win a few extra games to get the ninety, which is what they're at. I don't think that it's out of the question they could have won like ninety seven, ninety eight games. Do you? I mean, I guess the real question there is then who that they got rid of would have boosted them another, what, eight wins or whatever, you know? Like, their team was really good. I guess the Wilson-Ramos trade, holding on to him would have been good. Um, but the team's really – that's a surprising thing. The team's just really good. I mean, Chris Archer obviously would have been a boost, but, like, I don't know. I, I feel like they've been meaning to trade him for, for, like, four years now, it seems like, so. I don't know. That was a good trade for them. Oh, it was a great trade Getting for them. Oh, last night on Meadows. Yeah. Oh, was that? Oh, last night was going to be a stud, man. Their pitching staff is going to be really stupid next year because they're going to have him and Snell. They're going to have like two starters and just <laughs> a bunch of relievers. Oh, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. They're going to have Glass go six, Snell go eight, and then just everyone else is just stuff it in there. Right. <laughs> That's the future of the future of baseball. Just stuffing it in there. Yeah. <laughs> but even even more than the people that they lost, I think it's just if they would have at least tried to add anybody, made an effort, other than clearly trying to dump for salary. Yeah. It's not the players that they were dumping; it's the fact that they were dumping and not adding when they were this close to being a ninety five, ninety seven, hundred win team, and they're just like, ah, forget it. We want to save some money. I mean, and you know, it's it's just they they do live in a in a very different world than the Indians ever will. Really, I mean, when you just have two teams winning a hundred and one of them is a year out of a rebuild, like. I don't know. It's 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 a little daunting. Like I know they always say you have to pick your spots when you're when you're not the Red Sox or the Yankees, but like when are those spots too? You know, they, the the Rays are pretty good. Um, I don't think they're ever going to exactly. win a hundred. Like, when are they? They're. I don't think they have the bullets to get themselves to a hundred a hundred wins, which is now with a combination of just. Teams across the league tanking, and then the Rays and the downswing, the Orioles being, you know, Oriole. The Red Sox and Yankees are going to threaten 100 wins for probably every year for the next three or four. Where where the Rays find themselves in that? You know, like, like they obviously aren't in a world of, we, we if, as long as we compete, doesn't matter because we'll make money because they're not doing that because no one goes to their damn games. So 
I don't know. I, it, it, it's it's curious to wonder what is the what is the goal. I suppose like well, it'd be nice to be a fly on the wall of like what is the discussion in those like you know in the front office where where do we see ourselves in two years? Because again, that's a good team. I do partially wonder. I do partially wonder if it, if their goal was just to completely tank and they just screwed it up. <laughs> like they meant to not win like more than seventy games because they knew they'd be they'd be bad while the Red Sox and Yankees are great, mm-hmm. and then they just won ninety games. Like, oh <laughs> no, no, we'll just run bullpen days every fifth day. It worked. Yeah. Oh shit! <laughs> right. Okay, well we'll trade a bunch of young pitchers. It's basically major league in real life. Yeah, we'll trade a bunch of young pitchers. <laughs> oh no, one of them's going to win a Cy Young. Oh, all right, fine. I'll just dump some guys and get some uh, some older some older bets. Oh no, Tommy Pham was wasn't good for us. Shit, shit. Let's just have this guy named Blake lead our pitching staff and just see what happens. Yeah, no one trusts a guy named Blake. <laughs> ERA plus two nineteen. Oh shit. <laughs> so looking ahead, our, the the regular season is mercifully over. Um, today when we recorded, hey, I still miss the it. Games. I don't say that much. Oh, Summertime is over, so it is sad. Let's all agree there. It's nice to have baseball every day, and it's gone now. I don't get an Indians game for what four days now as it was recording. Yeah, four days, and then we'll have um, there's the wild card games tomorrow, or at least one, and then one the next day, and like two days without any baseball whatsoever, which is depressing. What the hell are these people doing? These idiots, <laughs> these network executive scum. I'm sick of them. Sorry, you gonna take it to the man or yeah, what? You, you know gonna, what? That's it. I'm going down to City Hall and I'm throwing my gauntlet down. I'm gonna have a whole bunch of mixed metaphors going on. You know, I'm going to nail my gauntlet to the door of the church. I don't know. <laughs> Nobody will know what's going on about me yelling about baseball the whole time. Yeah, I'm yelling about baseball. And however the game, it's a game of inches. It's a callback. <laughs> it's a game of rolling the dice for inches Listen, and I'm the just, ball. And I'm just rolling the dice across the plane. You know, just trying to roll the dice and see where the ball bounces. It's a game of inches. <laughs> Some of the Indians do play. Anyway, um, they'll be playing the Astros. Game ones and two, game one and game two are going to be in Houston on Friday and Saturday. Games three and four in Cleveland on Monday and Tuesday, and game five, if it's needed, is in Houston on next Thursday. Merritt, what are we looking at here? It's, I mean, it's it's another ALDS at this point. I mean, <laughs> we're supposed to always be excited about the playoffs, but this is another one of those years where if they don't get out of the ALDS, I'm going to be a little salty be just because I really want a World Series at this point. But uh, this doesn't seem like it's completely. I was I felt way more hopeless in 2016 against the Red Sox than I do against the Astros this year. I don't know. They just the Indians have so many pitchers. I feel like they could beat anybody, even another team with great pitchers like the Astros, mm-hmm. and especially if Josh Donaldson. Holy cow! I mean, is he if he's ready to go? This is first of all we can start with Donaldson here. He's this is like the trade of this if, if he is as good as he's looked like and towards the end and is as good as he can be. This is a huge trade for Julian Merriweather, and if he's actually ready for the Astros series, so. You think he is? I mean, everything we've seen from him, he hits the ball incredibly hard, right? And he's hit a, he hit a grand slam the other day. He's walking a lot. He's taking pitches. Um, just as nearly as importantly, he's defensively he looked great. He's athletic out there. He's moving well. And these are all the things we were just worried about. It's just is he going to be physically fit and able to play the game at not MVP level, but you know the level that he that we expect out of him, I suppose, which is, you know, something resembling probably the third or fourth best bat on the team at this point. And if that's the case, and I do think it's the thing is I, I think it's the case. I think he's healthy. I think he's healthy and I think he's good. And I think he's still gonna be the second best third baseman on the field, um, because of Alex Bregman. But I think he's gonna be one of the, I I don't know. I think I think he'll be a game changer. I, I really do. Uh he 
he's good and hey hopefully he's hungry too and he's gonna just really be a lightning it's it's hard to guess really because again with great pitching and small sample size and things like this it's hard to know when you know when the ball will drop when it needs to drop and how many will fly over the fence but no i'm i'm very excited to see him really really make this trade look like a just the best trade of i don't know the decade that's what i'm hoping for just a small thing i know <laughs> but keep your goals realistic you know, there I mean, but 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 really but really no, wait, he's what he's um playing he's got 60 plate appearances with the indians this year uh he's walked 16 percent 16.7 percent of the time and he struck out 16.7 percent of the time and he's he's hit a couple home runs these and those are basically the things i'm looking for is it is his plate discipline solid it looks like it is and this is power there and very much does it look like it is um what more can you ask for? I suppose baseball in the playoffs, especially, is very three true outcomes, uh, and he just needs to be that kind of guy. What he's walked ten times, struck out ten times, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, no, I think he's there. I think he's there, and I think he's gonna be fine. Which I just have to remind myself every once in a while that's actually Josh Donaldson who's just on the Indians and no, lost right? like nobody for him. <laughs> I know <laughs> it's amazing to see. I just see his hair sticking out. I was like, oh yeah, that's Josh Donaldson. That's the guy who's the MVP, and now they traded a fringe pitcher for him mm-hmm. and they just got him for the postseason. Yeah. Like, Holy cow. Like this is, <laughs> this is, it really is an incredible thing and it's made all the sweeter just because, I mean, just to, just to rope him in because we always got to talk about him. Uh, Jason Kipnis is hitting really well the last, you know, what, what's yeah. the last month and a half or so. His numbers are really stupid. Like his splits since what the last month and change are like, he's slugging like six fifty or something like that. I'm going to pull the actual numbers up here, but I'll just keep on talking while I do it. But no, ever since you picked up that magazine, man, that's all it takes. I'm you, magazines. Read that's going to be a read more magazines. That's going to be a story as soon as the season's over if they win the World Series. Is those magazines, man? That's they saved it. Like, this is a legitimate lineup now, right? This isn't just a pitching staff mm-hmm. and a Francisco Lindor. It's like, I mean, if Edwin is is still acting young, if Alonso is streaking upward at the right time, that's that's like almost every single hitter because Jan Gomes is a really good hitter occasionally. And then where's the weakness in that lineup? Because it's not brand. I guess it's right field, right? That's literally it. If Melky Cabrera isn't a great hitter, then yeah, I mean that's that, that is exactly it. It's, it's, that's it. That's the only hole. I mean, you figure what you what? So Lindor, Brantley, Ramirez, Donaldson. Are you calling him a weakness? No, I'm, I'm trying to think of what the actual oh. lineup will be. Lindor, oh yeah, Lindor, yeah. Brantley, Ramirez, Donaldson, Encarnacion, Alonso, something ridiculous. like that. <laughs> and and then it just the, I, I'm I'm not going to sit here and say that. Uh, what's his name? Jan Gomes is some kind of great hitter anymore. Um, he posted a what? A, what a, hole. a 101. No, but that's the thing. He's very like he's going to strike out a few times, but the thing is, he could just blast one. And like I wrote about that earlier in the year about how he's just, he's just really selling out for power. And again, in the playoffs, like one hit can change everything. Like we saw of, of all people, you know, in Game One of the World Series in 2016, it was, it was Roberto Perez who won that game for them effectively. And that's just what can happen because you have a guy who has a lot of power and yeah, he doesn't make contact a lot and he has some ugly at bats sometimes, but he can unload on one every now and again. That's, that's really all you can hope for. So, uh, no, I, I think one through at least one through six, they're really good. And if you're seven, eight, nine are merely fine. And then you're just figuring out a platoon in right field and, and what have you. I don't know. I, I know, I do know that I, and I don't know what this means, but, um, Francona said that, 
Chisenhall is healthy, but they send him back home for some family reason. So I don't, I don't know if he's going to make. I mean, I don't know what that means. I can't imagine they're going to play. They're going to put Lonnie Chisenhall on the playoff roster. But what if? You know, that'd, that'd be a neat little opportunity in the uh, in right field. Yeah, I miss the 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 brief glory days of Chisenhall Geyer in right field. We were really when Geyer cool. was actually smashing lefties, mm-hmm. and Lonnie Chisenhall was hitting well. That was mm-hmm. a good. That was a fun time. That was a, that was a combination of one really good hitter, man. <laughs> Now instead we get Melky Cabrera. I'm still unhappy about it, but whatever, <laughs> it's fine. I don't know. He'll probably he'll probably would be you know ALCS MVP or something just to spite me. <laughs> Sometimes you'll take. This I have fight. a lot of tweets that I could get dug up if that happens, and I am I am okay with it. No, exactly. Yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll look the clown. I think I spent an entire article or spent an entire game just just beasting on him because I'm just like I hate you, Melky Cabrera. Get out of here. Where is Yandy You're ruining Diaz? my life. I want Yandy Diaz. <laughs> But yeah, hey man, if you want to win a couple games for us, go for it. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, and and my one last Josh Donaldson note is, as you said, it's a really small sample size, sixty plate appearances, mm-hmm. but but exactly half of his hits have, according to Fangraphs, by their their rate of soft, medium, and hard, fifty percent of them in hard hits. Yeah, which is pretty incredible. Like no matter what the outcome is, he's smashing the ball and and I mean just by just really exciting. raw count, he's got fourteen hits, and six of them are either doubles or home runs. So yeah cool you know do that more yeah that's fine (laughs) do that in a crucial moment and that's all we need yeah well do that once again in a crucial moment that's all we need but you know whatever (laughs) whatever now if the indians do have another significant hole it might be kind of an unlikely one if if you told anybody this in like may or june they think you're crazy but jose ramirez Mm -hmm. mvp candidate at one point and then he just really fell off the end of the year um, you finished 2018 slashing 185, 330, 337 in September, which is just not Jose Ramirez's number. That's 85 WRC plus. He was well below an average hitter the last month of the season. Um, I mean, it's it's a st- his strikeout his strikeout rate and walk rate have been mostly the same. So I mean, it's not that that he has a lot of worse pitch selection. Even if you look at like his batting profile, like how hard he's hitting the ball, where he's hitting it, and if he's chasing, it's it's so hard to find anything with Jose Ramirez. It's different. Um, the only minor thing is he's popping the ball up more, and I guess maybe that's a result of more more curveballs being thrown at him. But but even that, like his his numbers against curveballs specifically aren't terrible compared to previous years. I guess he's just getting more of them. I don't know. It's somebody's found some way to shut Jose Ramirez down. And I hope they stop it by the time the ALDS rolls around. So how how worried are you about Jose Ramirez heading into the series against the Astros? I'm not really, honestly. I'm not, I, he, I envy you. <laughs> towards the end of the year, he was really starting to hit the ball hard, and it made me feel better. I mean, he hit that home run on the second last day of the year. He went what three from four that day. This is, just, I mean, he's always been this way. Very the last two years, two three years, he's been very straight. He just had these hideously cold stretches followed right at, right after by just an insane you know month where he hits five hundred or whatever. I don't think it ever actually happened, but you know what I mean. Um. I think that's happening again is my, is the optimist in me is the, the worm is turning and he's starting to be great again. He's starting to hit the ball hard in the right direction. Like you said, he's popping the ball up a lot. Maybe that's a timing thing, but maybe he's catching back up to that. Uh, a lot of maybes I'm throwing in there constantly, obviously. You just have to look at who he's going to be facing though, at least in the ALDS. I mean, you don't have a lot of curveball pitchers. You have a lot of fastball slider guys, which guys that he kind of feasts off of. It's, it is the curveball, the slower stuff that he's not quite as good against from what I've seen. So, no, I think he'll be, I mean, there's the fact of the matter is there's not going to be a lot of hitting in the ALDS. It's 
two incredibly good pitching staffs. One of them set a record last year. The other one was on was on pace to set another record for you know, general excellence in pitching this year. They're both really good. I mean, every day is going to be a really cool pitching. Even day, game three, assuming it's like Clevenger and Keuchel, that's a really neat pitching matchup. I know we're going to get that in a minute, but every single day is going to be a big pitching matchup. The bullpens are variously good. I know there have been there are, um, past guys for both teams have suffered, but new guys have come in, have come in to kind of boost the the um, bullpens. But I, I'm I'm not really worried about Jose Ramirez because I, th- I think he'll be fine. I think he'll be as fine as anyone else. And again, it, it just looked like things were getting were turning back around for him from what I saw towards the end of the year. That's very much eye test. The numbers don't really speak to it. I think the last what ten games of the year he hit. Well, let's look. Let's pick a couple games here. Do 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 do. I think it's great. If, if he is bad though, I do kind of fear for his the narrative that's going to be built around him, like choker and all that, that he stuff. Just can't hit, yeah. Right. Which is, I don't think that's true at all. No, like, no. I mean, he, had but a, that's absolutely going to be what people keep saying and harping on for no reason. Well, and this is a kind of a problem too, that, and it's not something anyone's talked about, but it's something I've kind of privately worried about. I think we talked about it a couple of times in the podcast. Uh, these are obviously have great hitters. It's just, they've also had the benefit of playing against some hideously bad teams. I mean, the, the white Sox lost a hundred games this year and they came in fourth. Well, they lost six. They didn't play the last game of the year. Damn, those sons of. <laughs> Damn, they could have done it. Oh, man. They could have lost 100 games. Never mind. I feel depressed now. Oh, man. So close. Ooh, well, you know, good. Whatever. Rounding. They lost 100 games rounding. <laughs> well, like, they get to beat up on these, Yeah, they get to beat up on these bad pitchers. And so it definitely makes their, their numbers look good. But that's not like Ramirez hasn't done well against good pitchers, too. He has because he's a great hitter. So, I don't, yeah, know, I don't just, think making their numbers look better diminishes how good they actually are either. Right, and he still hits the ball right. very hard. I, you know, right. I think I think we can both agree. We, we, I liked last year's Jose Ramirez a little bit more, just because he wasn't quite so prone to shifts. Uh, you know, this year he's pulling the ball, especially when he bats left hand. He pulls the ball way, way more, and it's obviously led to nearly a forty forty season. So I don't know how I could be mad about that, but the ability to keep a I don't want everyone on the lineup to do that, I guess. And, right. and I mean, now with Lindor pulling the ball a little more and then obviously Donaldson and Carnacion and, and Alonzo, that's a, and not to say nothing of, you know, Jan Gomes and guys like that. That's a lot of guys pulling the ball. So that having, ha- there's value in, I suppose, having someone able to work the field, work the whole field. Um, a lot of old men would probably say that who are, who hate the modern baseball, but I don't know. I think there's some credence to that. So, but still, he's, I, I, I think he'll be okay. He that's, it's funny to think that he's actually, if you, if you look at OPS, he's actually worse than he was last year at this point, 944 to 957, despite hitting 10 more home runs. Uh, his OPS plus is a little higher, but that's, you know, it's all based on the whole league basically. So, um, I don't know. I think he'll be okay though. I'm, I'm not, I'm not too worried. So as you alluded to there a little earlier, um, these pitching matchups are going to be insane every single day. It doesn't matter what order, who's going to go on short rest, whatever. It's going to be a good matchup every day. The first is probably going to be Kluber and Verlander. I can't imagine that changes very much at all. Um, and then I don't know, is it going to be for the Indians? I mean, you sort of imply it's going to be Clevenger third, but is it going to be Bauer second and then Carrasco? Or maybe Carrasco then Bauer? Maybe Bauer is saved in the bullpen somewhere? I think they um, already announced Carrasco's game too. Oh, did they? 
I think you were busy. They might have. Did they say it was game three yet? No, uh, no, it's still TBA. Uh, I, I, was, I checked today, actually. I mean, that's um, going to be Bauer, right? Unless he's injured. That's the question. And that's what everyone's wondering right now. Like, if, But if it, but then that's the case. If, if it's Bauer, then is it Clevenger to the bullpen? And that's the real question we have to ask ourselves next, which, is, again, I'm fine with. Uh, sort of. I don't know. What do you do no, in my that dream scenario? Oh, no, go ahead. I'm curious what, about what your dream scenario is. Tell me. Your baseball <laughs> so with, with the onset of <laughs> Yeah, the baseball-related one. With the onset of the whole bullpenning days and um, the opener and stuff like that, I don't see why you wouldn't just, just start Clevenger and see if you can get him to go a couple times through the order and then use Kluber if you have to. I don't like the idea of running Kluber out there on short rest when – I mean, you can at least just have Clevenger go out for an inning, and if he gets, if he starts, you can give him like an out, like a quarter of an inning leash, and just the second he starts to struggle, bring Kluber in. But I don't see why you'd start him right away. I really want to see even the Indians or somebody, anybody, just start using your four starter. Because I mean, any time the four starter can go off and have a great game, right. so why not at least try it and give him an extremely short leash if you have to, and then have your starter come in on short rest because we've. As we've learned, they can just come in and still be good in the bullpen. They, they do that in like game sevens and games fives, but they never bother doing it when they would be on short rest. And I don't know. That's that's. I just don't want to start Kluber if you don't have to. And then you could save him for game five if you need it. But if Clevenger starts to struggle early, I guess, I guess you're kind of wasting two starting pitchers then if it doesn't work out. But I mean, I guess you have to look at the schedule of the of the series as well. Like there's way more time in between, I suppose, isn't there? Yeah. So they're, yeah, they're, so I don't I don't think Kluber would even be short rest maybe on the if he started in place of Clevenger. And I mean, also too, we have to remember that the Indians happen to have a fourth starter who's what like ninth in the in the league in ERA or something like that. Yeah, they have so many good stuff. And then there's going to be Shane Bieber, who of course is going to be in the bullpen, but that's another really good pitcher they have who can go several innings. I keep on trying to find ways why he's good, and then it just bites me in the ass because he just gets, <laughs> Bieber? gets well, he gets shelled a third time in the order, but he always makes it through the order, and I'm just like, damn, damn, he's almost so good. So maybe he could be. I mean, a- there's almost no reason the Indians need to send anybody out all three times through the order if we no. really wanted to get crazy with analytics. Like, you could bring in another pitcher every time for the third time through the order and still make it all the way, probably. No, exactly, and I think that's what we can probably expect. It's just about finding who the guys to fill, you know, innings. Basically, six, can we? six or nine. It will be, well, I I would think so. That's just how baseball is now. Is it? Yeah, kind of. I mean, I don't know. Sort of. I still don't think they do it. So, I mean, before – can they do that before you start getting hit the third time through the order, though? I want to see that happen where when the, the leadoff batter comes up for the third time through the order, that's when they call it and they switch. So, you think that's going to happen? Because I think it would be that they – especially Tito, he would wait until no, I mean, somebody I, gets hammered the third time through the order. That's probably true. That's probably true. I think the smart thing to do is, yes, you right. pull, you pull him as soon as – you, know, you pull him after two times through the order because that's just why at this point he's 80 pitches deep or 70 pitches deep or whatever. It allows him to sell out. If he knows that too, it allows him to sell out a little bit more and he can get you through you know, the, the full six and then you can just rely on the bullpen the rest of the way. I mean, I don't know why. My other thought was maybe they'd piggyback starters and go, you know, because we've, we've seen Bauer just go short stints here. Maybe just have him go, hell, maybe, maybe have him be an opener for a couple of days. He's always said he wants to pitch more and more, so. What the hell? Yeah. Why not do I that? I mean, he'll pitch anytime, anywhere, and just do it. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. He just wants to throw more baseballs. I mean, yeah, Clevenger's the thirteenth best pitcher in baseball. Like, and he's their fourth starter. I keep you know that's one of the things you just kind of forgot about, and then you see it again. You go, oh right, they're really good, really good at all the things. 
Look at Dallas Keiko. They're fourth best. All the way down at 19th. Mm. So sad. <laughs> losing. So sad. Get out of here. So maybe I will call that as like the... So like in 2016, the new thing was using relievers, multiple innings everywhere like you do with Andrew Miller. Yeah. Maybe this year will be several managers calling out their pitches before the third time to the order. Like There always seems to be something we don't see coming in the playoffs, some mm-hmm. new strategy lately. So maybe... I'd be really happy if that's it, especially if it's the Indians doing it first. Well, and I mean, the Indi- I mean, you know, the 2016 thing was obviously out of necessity, and then we just see the Brewers just doing it because they can now. But I don't know. I mean, that's the thing. Clevenger can go seven or eight innings. It's just of the of the top four, I think he's the one I worry about the most. First of all, because he's the least good. Although I'll be honest, the guy I worry about the most is still Corey Kluber. I, I know he won 20 games and was really, really good all year, but I get the only one who's a little bit nervous about Corey Kluber, am I? You gotta be a little bit nervous, right? I just haven't I haven't I haven't felt confident about him all year. Right? Have you? Well, I don't know. Yeah. Have you? I'm really okay. worried about him. Maybe I just This was like one of the few years where I had been confident all the way through. Really? I think oh, it's one of the few times he hasn't started super slow. Maybe I've just been overthinking everything and <laughs> no, don't mind me then, because I just I've just been really worried about it because his velocity's been down a little bit and he got hit a few times and the home run rate's up a little bit and the stri- you know the numbers in general are a little bit worse and he, he took a step back in terms of peripherals. But then you have to remember, he took a step back from one of the greats, well, just a tremendous Cy Young candidate, you know, Cy Young campaign. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm just overthinking things. Never mind. I think, I think he has changed a little bit this year with how less he's walking and – like you said, the velocity. I'm sure the velocity down isn't by design, but yeah. <laughs> I think he's working around it well enough that I'm not worried. It's the design it's of the same man. Same saying, though. I'm worried that about is, man. That's all that is. The design of man and age. <laughs> I am worried about the same thing with Jose, though. That if it if he blows up again, then that's going to be his narrative going forward, right. which kind of sucks. But well, I don't know how the narrative for Corey Kluber can be, except just super stud of the playoffs because of what he did in 2016. I mean, after that, it's, it's a, I don't know. Are we really oh gonna... no! There's still there's already people saying because of last year that he blows it in the playoffs. Well, it is people, so people are so quick to pull that trigger. They can all cram it. That's all. You know. <laughs> so Merritt was heading into this series, um, third year in a row for the Indians in the playoffs. Right. We're all going to be very concerned. Um, no, I don't know. No matter how excited you are, you're going to be concerned Damn. in general. So, so what's your biggest concern? The one big thing you're concerned about heading into the series. Well, obviously, I just told you Corey Kluber, but apparently I'm an idiot. <laughs> so, um, what's a better one than that stupid answer you had a minute ago? I think my, I mean, <laughs> the the there's the I don't know, there's the there's the Bauer thing. Is he healthy? But he seems healthy, so I'm not really that worried that much. Um, I mean, it's just the Astros are really good. That's my biggest worry. Is just I think they're the best team in the playoffs right now. I still do. I think they're like, even with, you know, Correa having a down year and Altuve taking a step back. Uh, I think they're. I, I I think they're the best team going. I think that I think that personally they're still favorites. I'm probably not you know going out on a ledge with, on a uh, limb with that rather. So that's just in general the fact that they're playing just an just an amazing amazing team. Them getting past them, I think it gets a little bit easier. Yes, the Yankees have you know an incredible bullpen, but who knows if they're even going to make the playoff, you know, the, the actual series, and they have to make their way past the Red Sox anyway. So, whatever. But I guess that's my big, real big worry is just in general, they have to play such a great team first, and it might get a little bit easier going forward. But, you know, 
That's kind of a cop out, I know. But I, I, I'm very confident. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm bullpen. I don't know. Cody Allen being put in a big spot because the the managers oh, too uh, too loyal. I think loyalty is actually my biggest worry. <laughs> Overt loyalty. Never mind. I meant everything else. That's my biggest worry for the playoffs. Is sweet sweet Terry is too kind to his boys. That's all. <laughs> Sounds like as you should be spoken in like the Dukes of Hazard font. Sweet oh, sweet Terry. Oh sweet Terry is too kind to his boys. This is just time around. Ooh, got- How is he going to get out of this one? Oh Terry was too kind to his boys. Oh we're going to get out of this this pickle. <laughs> So mine is equally unanalytical and more, I don't know, just just yeah. general thought concern is, is I want the Indians to get over that hump if they get a big lead in a series. I can't do another year of having a multiple game lead in a crucial playoff series oh and blowing God. it. My heart can't take it a third time. Two is bad enough. More closely, I um, can't deal with bullpens blowing it. I dealt with that earlier in the year and the game <laughs> meant so much less. No, all right? No. Yeah. But yeah. I guess at least this year that's kind of expected. <laughs> Last year it was out of nowhere that the bullpen would blow it, but this year if they do it, it's like, yeah, we kind of knew it was coming. But but just in general, if they get up like 2-0 in the ALDS and they lose it again, I'm going to cry for like a week straight. And that's – I mean, at what point – because going back to the Browns, unfortunately, when they – when they couldn't win forever, it just felt like somewhere – I know it's always a narrative thing that they, you can't get over the hump and win, but eventually it comes to the point where like it creeps into your head like this is happening again. I can't believe it. So if the Indians are like up 2-0 and they lose a game, does that start to creep in at all maybe? I don't know, but – no, I just don't I mean, want to watch again, it happen. If they're up 2-0 and they lose again to, to, to the Astros, the Astros are really good. They're all the way up there in space. Come on, you know? <laughs> they are called the Astros. Yeah, so. you know, shoot. They have the same logo <laughs> as the Colt 45, the greatest the greatest team ever, the same team, whatever. <laughs> uh, no, they, if they lose one game, no, I'll be fine. If they lose in the second game, then all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, no, it's happening again. <laughs> but, you know, we'll see. At least the, in that case, they're the road teams. They don't have to fail in front of their own fans. Hey, did you know the Astros have the – um, among qualified starters, they have the guy with the highest ground ball rate and the third lowest ground ball, second lowest ground ball rate. Who's that? Keuchel and I don't know, Garrett Cole, something. And, and Verlander. Verlander has oh, a twenty nine point one percent ground ball rate. What garbage! Oh, I forgot they're facing Verlander. We yeah. can go back to that. I mean, they're in that guy's head. They are deep in his head. Are they? <laughs> I can't tell anymore. He's hey, so good. I watch him pitch, and I'm like, he's frightening. He just struck out like nineteen. Orioles in four <laughs> innings or something like that. Like he made more bat during the inning because he was so mean to them. But I mean, look at the numbers; no, I mean, they, they batter him. It's it's crazy. Yes, and it's it is it's not little like little better. It is it, like every bad game he's had in his career. Like not every bad game, mm-hmm. every like nine run game they've had is only against the Indians. Yeah. Like they're the only team that gets to him consistently. I don't know. Maybe that's something with the Tigers and him, and it's, it's gone with the Astros, or maybe it's just a coincidence. But I love the idea that they beat up on Verlander so hard every time, and I just want him to see the Indians up to bat and just have it in the back of his head that it's happened so many times before. They they straight up cost him a Cy Young award. I think it was in 2017, right? Like right before he got traded, because um, he was amazing for the Astros. And like if you took out all his games against the, the Indians when he was still with the Tigers that year, <laughs> like his ERA drops by like a point and a half or something. <laughs> like he. They just beat the tar out of him last year. I don't. I don't think they faced him this year at all, though. Have no, they? they didn't. Okay, yeah. No, because he was on the Astros, not the Tigers. So they didn't face him so many times. That's right. Yeah. Remember, there's the whole sign stealing. He always has a different complaint. He just he knows like they hit him so much better, and he just comes up with these things about sign stealing and whatever else he wants to imagine in his head. So 
I'll be really disappointed if they don't do it in game one and mm-hmm. just beat them up for Corey Kluber. But if they do it, I'm going to be so excited. So I, excited. What I don't want so to happen excited. is like what happened in game one last year. They had to win like nine to eight after Kluber pooped himself hard. Kluber, I just, I don't know. <laughs> Again, I just, there's something about the phrase pooped himself hard. In this <laughs> that tickles me in a, in a place I didn't know I had. Oh, that's a little, Thank that's you. a little too outside of you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Uh, I don't know. I lost my turn at the top. I don't know. I just, I, again, I'm worried about Corey Kluber, I guess, a little more than I probably should. But yeah. Hey, man, he's uh, he's got an unnaturally high uh, left on base rate, and his uh, fly ball rate is very high, and he is going to be pitching in a place where the ball flies pretty well. It's supposed to, anyway. I don't know. Minute Maid well, that's Park. good, right? Two high numbers. That's a good thing. Minute, that's, well, that sounds right. Minute Maid Park is apparently <laughs> a um, now a pitcher's park, but I love how this happens, like, all of a sudden, the pitcher's park. And also, un- unrelatedly, <laughs> Astros have a great pitching staff. Who saw that coming? I don't know. Crazy. <laughs> crazy stuff. Isn't there – is there nothing that really accounts for that? No, like, I thought you'd, like, I mean, wait. You could uh... look at the Astros' uh, offensive numbers at home, too, and they are actually right. – yeah. But, no, I know. It's just – it seems like that happens every <laughs> now and again. It's like, you know, unrelated. Great pitching over here. It's a pitcher's park now. Crazy stuff. You know, who knew? <laughs> The Dodgers. They don't deserve anything since they got rid of Tiles Hill. We can just oh yeah, they can go to hell. First of all, <laughs> the last great weird oddity in sports parks. All we have is yeah. Now all we have is stupid stuff. That's you know I don't know. Like I wish like the sea would come in and splash onto the on, onto the on the field at a uh, Coffin Stadium. I mean, <laughs> at, uh... <laughs> no. you mean like it did yeah, when it came out of the fire? Like at AT and T in San Francisco, just waves every now and again. You know, not get one of those walls, just have the ocean be the wall. <laughs> just a very thin wall, and nobody knows when it breaks. And when it breaks, everybody gets free ice cream. No, it's fine. You just have um, you just have a seven hundred foot fence. That's all. So it's you know, it's just you, you can't hit a home run there. But if you do, damn, dude, you hit that one. <laughs> You're evidently buried buttons. You earned that one. <laughs> so every Monday afternoon, at one point or another, we always ask you guys on Twitter and Facebook for questions. Constantly. What you want to know about the Indians? Just <laughs> we're just badgering you guys for Give questions. Give me the answer. Give me the questions. <laughs> this week was about the Astros specifically. I think it was one. It's not, but that was that was the goal of it was to get Astros questions. We should get a song um, for the for the mailbag. Give me your questions, I'll give you the answers. That's not how mail works. You know, like that, I don't know. <laughs> so anyway, I'm going to isolate that and put some music <laughs> behind it, and we got ourselves a song. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> you cut out on the record, on the uh, the live call, but I know that's going to be recorded, so I've got that for that's posterity. That's why we use Zencaster. This episode of <laughs> Let's Go Try is brought to you by Zencaster, and also Honey Bunches of Oats, and also Grape Nuts. <laughs> So our first question is at Cleology. He wants to know, none of the following will be on the ALDS roster, regardless of how nice they are off the field, right? Josh Tomlin, Adam Plutko, Dan Otero, Neil Ramirez. Good Lord. Um, uh, I think Neil the Ramirez first two, absolutely game. not, right? I mean, there's no way Tomlin no, and Plutko. Just, I, mean, just, I mean, look at the roster. I just don't know where you fit them. Like that, that, right. that, That's the fact. Um, Tomlin seemed to know it, too. After his last start, it was yeah. pretty obvious he's not. What's the third? Who's the third Otero one? and Ramirez. Oh, God. Otero gives him so many home runs. I can't get over <laughs> it. I seriously. This is that loyalty issue. He's turned into one of Tito's guys, I think. So, it's I mean. insane. That's madness. <laughs> I understand. Lo- like it, it blows your mind how many times he gives him a home run. Right? He's a sinker ball pitcher. He throws sinker <laughs> balls. I can't get. How is his home run rate not higher? I swear, every time he pitches, he gives up a home run. Every time, he should have fifty-eight yeah. home runs given up, not not twelve. 
It's ins. <laughs> that man blows my mind. I can't. I can't figure it out. Nero Ramirez, I think I'll make the roster. Yes, I think. He, I think he throws the ball hard, and I like him. <laughs> I think Otero probably does too, which is very depressing. And oh, I'll give up God. at least one big one. What's the point of him? <laughs> <laughs> he's supposed to be the garbage innings eater, but he's not even good at that anymore. Because, like you said, he gives up the home run. Yeah, all so. of a sudden, it's you know what, that that game against the uh, Royals or late. Uh, like last week sometime they were beating the hell out of him like 11 to nothing and all of a sudden it's 11 to 4 and like oh god no i don't think that was actually him but still you know i'm gonna blame him anyway yeah i do i do no but yeah, i think the owner makes it i mean you figure what the bullpen is gonna be it's gonna be alan perez miller hand alan perez miller hand simber um yeah simber's definitely gonna be there and i mean ramirez right is i'm trying i mean he's Olsen? gonna no, I'd no, rather have Olsen over Ramirez. Oh no, please no. Let me say it. No, Olsen is just a loogie, though. You don't want him doing anything else. I know, but I mean, I, I, mean, I mean, you don't want Ramirez doing anything either. But. Who did I miss? John Edwards, maybe the the, the guy who does a uh, man. They're both NASCAR. Sucks ass. That's a that's a NASCAR driver. No, what John Edwards is the guy. I'm thinking of John <laughs> Edward. Remember the guy who used to do the the, the mentalist stuff. Remember him? Oh yeah, the one who like. Um, I'm yeah. thinking um, the color red. The color red. Yes, <laughs> yes. My grandma wore red. Dolores, um, Ethel, um, Nancy, Nancy. Yes. Nancy. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Him. Does her name start with um, Agnes? Agnes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. But yeah, that's John Edwards. Yeah, uh, or John Edward. But anyway, uh, what, Kluber, Clevenger, Carrasco, Bauer, Bieber are going to be in the board. Oh yeah, that's one more. Right. So, so that's that's five, and then Allen, Hand, Hand, Perez, Perez Miller, Simber. Well, that's nine, and then yeah, then who else? I guess Ramirez. Simber and probably Otero. That's where we're at. That's only 12, and he wants 13. Oh, God. No, it's going to happen. <laughs> bad man. Josh Tomlin. <laughs> no. I think for sure it's, it's Tomlin and Plutko or no. Otero probably, maybe, and then Ramirez almost definitely. Yeah, that's pretty much how I, mean, I, I don't think we're going to see them, and we, by all rights, we shouldn't see them. Oh, yeah. I was right. No, we should expect six out of every single one of the starters, even though we're only going to get five, but, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, so at Slang Oog. Yeah. That's, that's the name. <laughs> He asked, are Cody's, Cody Allen's late season struggles due to his high use in the first half and could the same fade away at the starters as he was the only reliable reliever at one point in the season? I don't think so necessarily. I think no, he's just having a bad season. Yeah, something. I think he's just bad right now. Yeah. I don't think it was worn down. Yeah. This is why I wanted, <laughs> I, I guess it didn't really matter, but I wanted, uh, I don't know. I don't know where that train of thought was going. I just listen. wanted better pitchers constantly. I just wanted them to trade for all the entire <laughs> bullpen of the. Uh, That's so hard. The Brewers, just get them all. Just get them. Also, he wasn't. Yeah, I don't necessarily think it's. It's just wearing down. I think he's just bad. He wasn't know. good in the first half either. I mean, right. He strikeout rate what ten point nine per nine. Gave up twenty earned runs in how many innings? Thirty eight innings. That's not good. Um, yeah, I think it was partially bad in the first half because of overuse, but I don't think that's translated into his bad. No, I think rest he, of the I just think he's been a little bit bad. I mean, granted, his OPS against has jumped a hundred points from first to second, but yeah, I, I think he's just not as good this year as he was in the past that's all yeah which is distressing to say the least because uh, he's important he's a little important um, um, at actj <laughs> at actj dad oh. he asked how long do you think lindor will be in cleveland i say mid 2020 to get maximum return he would most likely get a supplemental first round pick if they tried to keep him 
I don't think the Indians will follow the O's lead with Manny. So I think we've talked about Lindor. How long is this jerk asking this question now? (laughs) (laughs) Most important question on his mind. But I'm real depressed. Oh God! Let's end the podcast on a high note before the playoffs. Oh my chest! Like the era of trading big players for half seasons is over. I think. So I think um, if they're going to trade Lindor, it makes more sense to do it with like a year and a half left. So let's see. Um, Very depressing. We've been over this a hundred times, but he's a free agent. 2022 2021 is his last real season so yeah i mean that's exactly what dad over here said actj dad i hate you actj like 2020 right i mean Uh, trade after 20 i guess i mean you have to look at the the landscape of everything again the right that's still going to be there Um, because they're still going to be good you keep them and don't worry about what you get back i think because if you're if your window's closing towards 2021 you at least try for those last couple of years, right? Assuming, oh, I mean, and just to think, assuming trends, I mean, Bauer will be the ace at that point. Cody Anderson will be the second best pitcher. Uh, uh, <laughs> shut up. Um, you can dream. <laughs> I will. I'll continue to dream. Uh, what's his name? Um, Bieber will be the third best, and then your fourth and fifth at Carrasco. And Oh, no, I never did. Oh shit! They have Tristan McKenzie coming. That's right. I know, right? Damn. That's a. I've been. That's. I've been thinking about that a little bit. Like he's coming next year, or the year after. Yeah, where are you going mean, to fit him? Is the thing. I, right. He's going to have to be a bullpen arm. I mean, assuming Bieber makes the leap, I fully expect from him. That's the thing. I think we need to focus on is he's going to be. I think he's going to be a great pitcher, Bieber. I mean, yeah. You, that, I don't think it's unfair to think that one of the five will falter by then. No, I mean I agree with you, but like by twenty twenty, I, I think. Kluber will be a, you know, a three thirty ERA guy. I think Carrasco will be. Although I don't know, Carrasco is a tough one because he already had Tommy John surgery. Um, Clevenger, we're already forgetting about. I think he's going to get better. So your one two are going to be Bauer, Clevenger, and then whatever you know, Bieber, Anderson, McKenzie. <laughs> um, Anderson will be good. Shut up. Uh, you keep thinking that. You I will. I'll believe forever. So yeah, I don't know. I guess yeah. I guess you you look at the landscape in twenty twenty. Okay. Um, I think the two, you know, the, one of the landscapes being the the makeup of the farm team too. You know, like is 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 there someone coming that can fill this hole? Obviously, because in twenty twenty, who's going to even be on this team offensively? That's on the team now. Not a ton, really. Not a ton at all. Gomes, Ramirez, mm-hmm. maybe Eric Hoskins is a really good catcher at that point. Yeah. You have him somewhere. Eric Haas, exactly. I mean, if, if if he breaks through, I know his mom gets Bobby Bradley, maybe sort of Yandy Diaz. Like at that point, he could be a first baseman DH full time. So, yeah. so, I mean, you have to see who's coming, I guess. Obviously, Bobby yeah. Bradley's going to be a stud, but, you know, whatever. Either way, uh, what a depressing question to end What a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm bummed out. I, I, I worked Listen, through some ACTJ issues I had dad. with the team with Kluber. I think the J stands for jerk in ACJ Dad. <laughs> A C T A cool tactical jerk. Tactical (laughs) jerk. (laughs) Thank you for the question, ATG. Yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, thank you very much. Thanks for listening, too. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody else, um, enjoy the the playoffs, even if they lose. Oh, God, I don't even want to say that. Shut up, dude. Damn. (laughs) 
Just enjoy it. This you is know, what we got. Lose on the night we're recording a podcast. Also, I don't know if we're going to be able to record <laughs> oh, next no. Monday because what the hell are we going to be doing? We're not watching the, the game? Damn. What are we, stupid? Oh, is it on Monday? Oh, I'm not recording on that then. <laughs> you all can live without a podcast for an extra day. Yeah. No, we'll do we'll do like a podcast after the ALDS either way. I accept. We'll like preview the ALCS or just cry for an hour. Just, cuss, one. Yeah, just, just sob quietly into the microphone. <laughs> you crying yeah. when I'm just yelling at my cat about a perceived... <laughs> <laughs> I told you Cody Kluber was going to blow it. You knew it, Cat. The whole time you knew this. How could you say these things? Sleeping in the corner, sleeping in the corner. Damn you. Damn you. All right. On that note, um, have a good week, Merritt. Hey, Everybody else, we'll see you after the LDS, whenever that is. Happy, sad, whatever. Early, late. Out. See you then. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it then in that moment. You don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of like afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. Hello, I'm Neelai Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts.